This week's episode of I've Got Nothing is brought to you by Orgies. Do you want to be interesting? Go to an orgy. What is this podcast called again? I've Got Nothing. Who came up with that? It was Jack Hendoff, I thought. He was just, like, producing everything now. Oh, shit. Welcome to I've Got Nothing, the most unnecessary format for a podcast since Lost was on the air. I'm Colin. I'm Alex. And this week we're discussing season four, episode three of Game of Thrones, Breaker of Chains. I've seen every single bit of Game of Thrones content out there. I've uh, I've actually been wanting to talk about this. Uh, it's this PowerPoint presentation that I'll be sending out uh, at the following of this recording, talking about Lord and Jack Antonoff's. Uh, Are either of them in Game of Thrones? Well, he's produces everything. So I Are either of them in Game of Thrones? Basically, there's a theory that. Are either of them in Game of Thrones? Put it away. <laughs> Put it away. Talk about the episode. I'm deleting this entire conversation. Please don't. All right. Uh, you want to jump in the episode? I guess. Do you want to jump in the episode? I just wanted people to go search that because I think it's fascinating. Um, And it made sense for why we opened the show that way. So we now have... uh, Let's start off with episode three, Breaker of Chains. Yes. Um, Yeah, we start off with what I thought was a recap at first, but it was just kind of a seamless transition. It's called In Media Res. You just start in the middle of the scene. Oh my gosh. I was like, this is a recap. It's not even taking off where the last episode ended. It's actually overlapping a little bit. Which is why I thought it was a recap. You end on the last few lines spoken. (laughs) Kind of like what Back to the Future 1 and 2 did. Yes. Except they replaced the actress. I've never seen Back to the Future 2. What? I've never seen it. What the fuck? I've, j- I've never seen it. <laughs> it's like... I've seen Back to the Future... The most cultural impor- culturally I've important I've seen one. Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 3. <laughs> I've never seen 2. This is a weird fact. I have a lot of weird facts. That's a weird... No, you, that's like the most culturally relevant. I'll like, be showing you the, how Back hair grows in my body. That's another weird fact. <laughs> it's a weird transition. Uh, but yeah, we see Santa run away. Uh, with whom? To whom? Uh, Littlefinger. Uh, with the guy who she was supposed to trust. Mm. Um, then he gets murdered. Shot through the cheek, man. Yeah. That can't be good. So I think about this a lot is... In this moment, what is, like, Littlefinger's end plan? You know what his end plan is. You've seen all the seasons. No, I know, and I'm thinking about it, and, like, was he, was, was he putting all of his chips in Sansa becoming queen? Maybe. Like, if that's his case, I just feel like he's doing a really shitty job. This was a lot of things to There's stuff I can't talk about, exactly. There's stuff that... If you were better at long-term memory, you might be able to draw from contact clues, but yeah. I don't think you're going to do it. Dude, so we've been doing this for too long now. I know. So uh. there, there, there's motivations that I can't talk about because I don't want to you know, get too far ahead of where we're going here. I got you. Because, yeah, like his end goal, as of right now, with helping uh, Sansa out and like knowing about the assassination of Annoying King. like Is he Annoying King now? He's whatever I wanted to be this week. All right, no, that's okay. That's okay. He was only a dead body this whole episode. That's true. Dead body king. No. Yeah. Dead kid king. Oh no, but not. We have two dead kid kings. That's that's confusing no. to the audience. Cool. So yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of curious about like what his grand plan was over the past. What is this now? Like three seasons? Like seems like he just hasn't. Seems like he spent his spinning his wheel a lot, trying to get stuff to happen and just kind of fucking shit up for the sake of fucking shit up. I mean, you know, he gets Sansa from King's Landing all the way up north. That's something. No, and absolutely, and like that was 
what his and setup still, was. And there's still, I mean, I know we're on episode three, but there's still a whole season to go. Well, yeah, we have seven more. Well, uh, maybe, you know, I'll hold off for now. Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Marjorie's all good. Uh, she was worried about her place on the throne. She's like, I just married Kid King. And, like, honestly... No, 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 she hasn't married Kid King yet. Yeah. I know, I know, but, like... She married the other king. Yeah, 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 she needs to marry Kid King. Um, and that, she was, Are like, you worried. saying that the short, blonde, white boys all look the same? I mean, as a short, blonde, white boy. You're not that short. Oh. You're, sh- a, you're not, you're taller not, than me. What, what is, what is average height? I'm 5'9". I think, am I 5'9", five, 5'10"? Five, I don't know. Anyway, she's gonna be fine. Uh, we know she's all good. I would like to see more of her. I don't know uh, her intentions. Marjorie? Yeah, I don't know. You know how she ends up, though. I know, but She like... gets exploded. <laughs> Is that what it says on her tombstone? Exploded? Exploded by, <laughs> by green fire. Yeah. Just boom. I don't know. I'd like to see more of her. I haven't really seen a lot of who she is or why I should care about her. So I'd just like to see more of her as my only bit. Oh, then we get to a rough scene. Um, yeah. Uh... The only note I have before Jamie does... No, you're missing a whole lot. You're missing how awesome Tywin is. <laughs> Tywin's awesome. He's so good. Yeah, actually fair. He's probably the second most uh, exemplary character of this entire show in that he's just a dude that has a creed, and that creed is the reason why he's so respected and has yeah. lasted so long, but he has this one fatal flaw, and that's what gets him killed in the end. Like, Tywin is a ruthless opportunist, yeah. and as you know by now, it's because you know, you know he dies. Yeah. You know how he dies. Yeah. And so you understand that it's only due to the blind spot of how much he hates his own son, Tyrion, yeah. <laughs> that gets him killed in the end. If he could view Tyrion in the way that he views every other aspect of his life, he would be just winning right now yeah, in the fair. show. That's fair. Eh, fair. Uh, one line that I thought was interesting was Kid King said, the most important thing for the throne is holiness, and then that like ends up does ends up playing out. He, yeah, no, he gets he gets uh, corrupted. Yeah. Really, you know it's. Yeah. But he, but he, and I mean, but he, corrupt in the sense of he still feels like he's doing, like, the holy thing. Yeah. And while, like, he is getting advice, like, that one line does stand out because, like, ultimately he does follow the path of, like, This scene holiness. shows that it would be, you know, Tywin was the one to guide him through this part of his life. And yeah. with Tywin gone yeah. and Cersei now becoming probably the most influential adult in his life... Yeah. He was bound to go bad. Yeah. And 100%. then die. 100%. I don't yeah. know if he needed to kill himself like a bitch, but <laughs> oh, gosh. he done did. He just kind of jumped out. Uh, I mean, look at Marjorie. If you were married to her and then she died, you might kill yourself. Oh, she seems nice. I don't know much about her. I just don't know. You've watched two seasons of her. But, like, she's just like, oh, I like I like being married to Kid King. He's she all right. She wants to be the queen. I like being queen. Like, she got to her goal. Yeah. Like, in terms no, of everyone planning. She reached planning. the natural conclusion of her yeah. arc because she had one goal. She reached it, and she reached it three times, really. Yeah. And then she got killed. Yeah, I mean, she got it. I, I'm happy for her. I think no one else has really reached their goal in the show that I've seen. She has. Yeah. Like, their end goal. Their Dario Naharis reached his goal. He wanted to fuck Daenerys, and he did. 
Um, What's that really his goal? Because it kind of seems like like I, he, he just wanted to uh, fuck Daenerys, and he did, and now he's not in the show anymore. You know, uh, he got his bit. Yeah. yeah, he got his bit. He got his bit. He was like, I don't want to make this long term. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, and then Jamie uh, does. That scene reminded me a lot of that Mad Men scene. This was, yeah, this was very problematic because, um, stop me if I've talked about this. So in the books, Jamie doesn't come back to King's Landing. I, I know you don't know where he's been, but yeah. Jamie doesn't get back to King's Landing until after Joffrey has died. Yeah. His first reunion with Cersei is in the Sept over Joffrey's body like that's yeah. that's after years of being apart that's when they first reunite so you. they have a very passionate sex scene over you know the altar upon which joffrey's body is placed yeah and george r, r. martin in the novel wrote it as just like this is fucked up but this is a passionate love scene between these two characters who for their own fucked up reasons love each other and love no one else then this episode aired yeah. And as you can imagine, you know, after what we've talked about with Sansa and everything else, people kind of lost their shit because yeah. it was written as something very non-consensual. And yeah. then the guy who directed the episode, Alan Graves, g- gave an interview right after it aired where he talked about how he shot it and basically confirmed like, oh, no, I shot it to be like a forceful, non-consensual scene. Yeah. So basically confirming that it wasn't a matter of something being lost in interpretation. This was, was straight up. A rape. Yeah. And there's no other way to view it. Yeah. And it's kind of fucked up that they took a scene which was written as, for, you know, as weird as it was, it was not a rape in the book, and they adapted it as a rape. Well, it's kind of curious, too, because, like, we already know those two characters. It's kind of fucked up, so, like... Yeah. And from what you've seen, they have plenty of consensual sex in the yeah. many seasons after this episode. Yeah, like, that doesn't seem to, from how I know this character, that doesn't, them, like, hooking up next to their dead son doesn't seem actually that strange. It's, yeah, no, yeah. It's much more strange that Jamie would rape Cersei, the, the only woman he's been with. Yeah. And then the show would never really... Uh, I, I mean, maybe season seven when Cersei and Jamie fall apart. But even then, that's to be led. But in that scene, Jamie is the one presented as being in the right. Yeah. So it, not even then is it presented as like, oh, Cersei's finally getting her revenge on Jamie for straight up raping her. Yeah. It, it, that's so far in the but past, in, it's almost forgotten. Like, I don't think it really any changed these care. I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the season, but from what I have seen, like doesn't really seem to be this pivotal, like, change in their characters or change in anything. Like, it's just like, this happened. Yeah. Um, it's, without reason. To my knowledge, I, I might be wrong because there might be something that happened in season three, but it might be season four. It, it, it's kind of the beginning of the avalanche of people, of, of the show really blatantly uh, using rape as a plot device and then drawing the ire of its viewers as it rightfully should. Yeah. It, it, it kind of started with this and it went all the way up through the end of season six with Sansa and all that. Yeah. You know? 
Well, this is my same complaint uh, tangentially about like three billboards. Um, is it feels three like three billboards by outside of Ebbing, Missouri? Yes. Why are we talking about this? Uh, so I'll, I'll circle back. Um, don't worry. Academy so, Award-winning film, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. So my my it won a Golden Globe for best screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> so my issue with that m movie is like a lot of times. I mean, several issues, but a lot of times it uses a lot of hot button issues, um, but doesn't really really use them like it just says like this happens like yeah. this is like we just wanted we just wanted to be shocking yeah um and you're like you don't serve a purpose it's hard to be provocative and funny yeah and a lot of people go for being provocative and just come off as being obscene and not poignant you yeah know? Like, this was n the former of those two things yeah there's no there was i i mean like you know as much as I can say, I defend the Sansa rape scene, which, like, I, you know, I don't want to say that, but, like, for the story and the direction it went, yeah, that makes sense, given the two char the characters involved. But, like, yeah. this makes no sense. Yeah. It's bad adaptation, and it that becomes painfully clear, given how it doesn't really affect the story going forward. Like, maybe the argument could be made that Cersei sends Jaime away to Dorne in season five to get away from him because of this. But I don't buy that. But And it's the only thing that really happens that might indicate a reasoning or a consequence of what happens here. Yeah. But other than that, there's no real, like... And, uh, I mean, you can read the interview, I'll send it to you, but the male director of this episode, I think, really thought that he was presenting a scene of her being won over somehow. Like, she wasn't into it, and she was telling him, no, 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 stop, don't, stop, oh, don't, stop. Oh, that's not okay. And then she eventually... And, and, and you know, the book is kind of like that, because she pushes back against him, but then, like, eventually is just like... It's a moment for Cersei in the terms of as much as she projects herself as this paragon of motherhood, she is a selfish being at heart. So when presented with the chance to reunite with her lover after years yeah. of being apart, even if that means happening at the altar of her dead son, she's going to do it because she's more interested in her own needs than anything yeah. else. The show does not successfully... Uh, portray that yeah it's a woman being raped yeah that's all it is yeah and for yeah not like for not a whole lot uh um, and not like a fun american history x kind of rape <laughs> like uh uh the accused kind of rape no one no one no one wants to watch yeah. this no that was that was a lot uh the only line i really wrote is uh so at first i thought this was gonna be like just turned away um so my or like just be like oh jamie not the right time and I was like, oh, Jamie's trying to get a little smooch in front of his dead son. And then I was like, and then my immediate next line was, oh, this is not consent. I'll never understand um, the, the need of movies and TV to try to make sex hot by showing the characters ripping each other's clothes. Yeah. Like, my clothes are expensive. <laughs> if, I'm having, if, if I'm, like, getting down with my wife and she rips the buttons off my shirt, we're not having sex that night. I'm going to be pissed because that shirt was that shirt cost $30. Now you have to take it to the cleaner. And if I ripped her skirt doing the same thing, she'd get mad at me. Like, I don't understand, I don't understand this trend. 
<laughs> Just be logical. It's a very weird thing where writers and directors try to show, oh, the passion has just overtaken them, yeah. and they can't wait to get on each other. And it's like no amount of passion would stop me from just like taking a second to unbutton, <laughs> you know? If uh, you're listening uh, and you're curious and you do have some input on this, we would love to hear your input on if you would uh, rip off your lover is This is really a close. sex advice uh, yeah. podcast disguised as a Game of Thrones podcast. That's what we're really here to talk yeah. about. It's just we, that we're two dudes, so we needed to find like a way to ease, ease into it. it. I mean, Pun intended. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please email us, tweet us. Yeah. You would, uh, give us any feedback of if you've ripped off your clothes. Yeah, Trojan Ultra Thins are the best brand. That's my <laughs> advice for the evening. Um, otherwise... <laughs> I really don't know where you're going. I, I got nothing. I literally have nothing right now. You have now. nothing. I, yeah. I broke you. That's the last we see of Cersei and Jamie in this episode. Yeah, that's... Um, not sure I want to see them for a little bit. There's uh, some Hound and Arya shit. Yeah, uh, the Hound just be, is a dick to these people who are being nice to them. I mean, think about this. The Hound is just being a Bernie Sanders supporter. <laughs> Because he thinks that all money should be shared. And, like, that guy is useless. He's not going to use that money, so I'm going to take it. That's kind of beautiful. Thank you. It's kind of beautiful. That's although also a weird justification for robbery. It's I'm not justifying the robbery, <laughs> although it's hard to argue with him when he says, look, this dude is a weak guy. He has no one else but him and his daughter. There are bandits everywhere. He'll probably be dead within six months. <laughs> Why should I let the money he has stashed away go to waste when I know for a fact he will not be alive to use it? Nah. It's a very pragmatic attitude. I'm not saying I defend it. Yeah. I'm saying that I understand why a character like the Hound would. Oh no, totally. Think right in line. Now, on the other hand, a character like the Hound would find any reason to justify doing what he did because he's not a good person. Yeah. No. I, I, unilaterally, like he's he, a tragic he, character, but not a good. But character. I think he has reasons behind everything he does. Yeah. I don't think he's Cersei, who's just like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Let's murder. Him. Like. <laughs> No. I think he's, I Which think, is what Cersei would do in this situation. Yeah. She no. would say, he's a commoner, I own him, so give me your money. Yeah, I think she I think she wouldn't have, let, uh, like, eat after them either. I think she would have just done it immediately. Yes. Uh, as soon as she found out that he had silver stashed in. Yeah, it was, like, instantly. She has no chill. Um, so one thing I wanted to spend some time on uh, this, pod, this episode is Gilly and Sam's relationship. Okay. Because... I shipped them really hard. Yeah. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed them as a couple. You don't need to ship them. Like, they're yeah. a couple. Ship, yeah. Shipping implies that it's not a thing yet. And... Uh, I think... Sh- yeah, I think shipping also means, like, it, you enjoy them two together, and you would also encourage them together. I mean, she does take a long-ass time to pluck that goose. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I hope so, that we get something out of that scene. Yeah, so I, I was... <laughs> I forgot about. I'm I, just saying. I thought you were doing a metaphor. No, like, no, oh, it's they like were literally you know, plucking. sometimes it's important to have stage business, like something to do while you have yeah. your dialogue. But in the case of this scene, it's just like, God damn, girl, get the fucking feathers off so that that cooks can do something with that. You were taking forever. Yeah, it was a bummer seeing them have a rough spot. Uh, Sam's totally in the wrong here. Uh, there's better. Is solutions. he though? Like he he's inter- think about it. He's introduced in this episode. Walking across the courtyard of Castle Black and having one of his superior officers just point out that dude's a rapist that, you know, was given the choice of being hanged or coming here to join the Night's Watch. That dude's a rapist. That dude's a robber. That dude's the fifth son of a wealthy lord who had no other options. 
Yeah. Rapist, rapist, ra like it, it's just like all these dudes are like all these guys committed crimes that in this world were considered oh they're not so bad that you definitely need to die for them yeah but they're bad enough that we're gonna give you the choice you can die you can spend your life in prison or you yeah. can go join the Night's Watch like yeah uh, he's he has a right to be concerned and think about it no the, no he can be concerned in the next season you've seen the episode those two dudes try to rape her and they beat the shit out of Sam yeah. it's like it, it happens no no I think there's a I think there's somewhere like again he's like I want as I want this to as I want us to be safe. I think he presented it in the worst physical way possible um, and didn't give her any input. I think his, well he's not good with girls. That's, that's true. You know he's the he's the Peter Parker. Of Once this again, world. this is a more of a relationship episode. Um, it is a relationship episode. And you I, know you have Jamie and Cersei and you know that kind of relationship which is yeah. destructive and you know don't get out of that and yeah. you have. Uh, Sam and Gilly, which is just an indictment of not communicating yeah. when you're in love with someone. You gotta, you gotta talk, talk to it through. Other, you gotta no. talk it through. Yeah, they just didn't talk it through, and I think, and like, I was just really frustrated because clearly Gilly wasn't happy, and there was probably a good middle ground there exactly. that they could have found out. And then that whole like attack scene next season one probably wouldn't have happened. I know. So little upset with him here. Uh, ultimately, it doesn't lead to anything, so I'm not gonna follow this along too much. Um, I know the end result, so I'm just gonna kind of phase out in and out. I was just kind of irritated at him because they seem they work well together. They seem. Mm -hmm. I mean, she figured everything. Like she figured out Dragon Glass, not him. No, she's uh, great. Yeah, she's awesome. She's super smart. She. Why can't she be? Why can't she be the one who wins? She might. You like, know. I, I told you. They did you read that they just wrapped uh, a battle scene for season. Eight that took 55 days to shoot. Really? Which is more than most movies take yeah. to shoot. <laughs> Just one battle That's scene? That's two months <laughs> that for one battle scene, which is presumably one part of one episode. Yeah. Not even, they didn't even say if that was the final episode. They just said, oh yeah, we had this battle scene that took 55 days to shoot. What's their budget per episode? Theirs? Yeah. Well, I think the most recent season cost $100 million, though. Yeah. Um, for reference, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, The Battle of Helm's Deep, which is the entire last third of that movie, Yeah. Uh, that was 30 days. That nice. took 30 days to shoot. And Game of Thrones just took 55 days to shoot something. Uh, so last season it was $10 million, uh, per episode. Okay. Um, so 100, no, so $70 million because yeah. it was seven episodes. Yeah. So they're looking now at um, raising it to $15 million a piece. Okay, which so, for a six-episode season, yeah. But I mean, if you do the math too, if you're looking originally, eighty-five million for the whole season. Yeah, that's that is probably a third, yeah, less than a third of what it costs to make Avengers: Infinity War. <laughs> before that, just the production budget, not before we talk about advertising. Yeah, and other oh, distribution. Are insane. Yeah, uh, absolutely insane. Interesting. Interesting. Cool. Uh, we go see Sir Davos and Stannis once again talking about how their armies aren't big enough. Shaved Stannos. He doesn't have a beard yeah, this season. Yeah, it took me a minute to remember his name because he was shaved. Yeah. I was like, who does, who does, I don't know him. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, we see this bit a lot. Uh, it is, I will say the, the downside of watching things like this is like what we're seeing with Gilly and what we're seeing with Davos and Stannis is like, boy, I, like I've known your army is too small. Like... I've known this for a while now. You complaining about this for me is just exhausting at this point. 
Um, and there's not like a lot of things that I can pick up on it. So I'm just kind of, I power through that. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know Sir Davos couldn't read. Yeah, that was probably your biggest takeaway from this episode. That was the biggest one. And why he was so butthurt over them burning Shireen alive later on. I mean, other than the obvious reason of they burned, they burned a child child alive. Yeah, but it's good to know he had some, like, relationship to that. Yeah, he had to learn to read. Yeah, oh my gosh. Kudos, kudos Davos. I'm proud of you, dude. Um, oh, and then he gets really ballsy and says, send this message on behalf of Stannis. And who is he sending it to? Uh, oh, shit. Didn't write it down. Okay. No. Uh, oh, uh, the Iron Bank. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, because they always pay, or not they always pay their debts. I can't remember the Iron Bank's line. Um, cool. We see, we send, we see Sam sending Gilly back to the whorehouse. Again, I feel like there's better career options for her. I just feel like there are. I mean, up that far north, there's the wall, and then there's Molestown, which is where they are in the whorehouse. Yeah. And the only other, I mean, the only other option is that village where all those people got slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Uh, quick transition to Orgy. Um, once again, our sponsor. Uh, thank you have you a sponsor? Again. No, no, no. I'm talking about our previous sponsor. Shit. They made an appearance this episode, so that's important. Uh, let's see. We go there to is Prince an orgy. Oberyn. Yeah, we go to Prince Oberyn. And it's not as hot as I like my orgies to be in my media. Oh, yeah. What, what I turn on HBO you? for one thing, and that is graphic nudity and sexual content. And this shit stopped to, like, deliver some story points. What you... the fuck? <laughs> That's, that, that feels like the 12-year-old playing Halo's version of, like, if they were to do, if they were to do reviews. Like... <laughs> So I was I was really interested in I can't do a twelve I was really interested in the sex scene. Is that your <laughs> <laughs> So I was really interested in the sex scene. Um and it stopped way too short and that just I really only wanted to me. see boobs and dudes killing each other. And yeah. anytime that's not happening in my show, <laughs> this it, dog shit. <laughs> you hear that dog shit. Um, play some Halo later. I could. I could go for some Halo. Yeah. Um, you play Halo Three or Halo Reach? I prefer Halo Reach. Okay, me too. Yeah. Uh, again, it's their like swan song. Um, yeah, Prince. Um, the Prince of Dorne. Can he testify against Tyrion? He's not testifying. Or not testifying. Tyrion. Can he he's judge? He's judging against... Tyrion. I mean. <laughs> Feels like he's judging a lot of people. He judges everybody. That's yeah. Pedro Pascal. He's in everything now. He is. He's gonna be in Wonder Woman too. Is he? Yeah. Oh my god. He just got cast. I like him a lot. I he's like... a great actor. Yeah. He's in Narcos. He's really good. Yeah. Oh, he's I in love... Kingsman too, a movie I didn't love, but he's really good in I it. Enjoyed it. The, like he he did a season of this show and now he's in everything. <laughs> that's like that's the ultimate come up. Like. No, it's like. Actors come off of this show, and they're generally... I mean, they tend to blow up. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, so he's now gonna... He had a, he had to quit his orgy. We didn't ever get to see a scene if it, if it, the orgy comes back and waiting outside the I, room. I love that it actually kind of feels okay, because Oberon is such a dude of, like, that dude could start an orgy wherever he wanted to. So, like, the orgy he's in the middle of gets interrupted, and he's totally fine with it, because he's just like, dude, you can leave, and I can totally start another orgy. <laughs> they just appear. And, like, yeah, he's in a whorehouse, so, like, they're paid to do the orgy, but still. <laughs> impressive. Still. Nonetheless. Uh, cool. We jump over to Podrick and Tyrion, who Podrick. I forgot about Podrick's name for about very end of the scene. Tyrion so. only had to say it 18 times for you to remember it. Yeah. It's okay. No, I haven't seen him much. 
I haven't seen him too much. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, I'm just a little pod. Uh, you don't know about his monster dick yet. <laughs> Is that really a plot point? It's a plot point. point, yeah. He has a monster dick. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Podrick, uh, Tyrion tells Podrick to run away, which kind of sets up him for the next season. Um, because, yeah, like... In the next season, he's on the run. Yeah. It all With? checks out. Uh, Brienne. Yes. Of Tarth. Yep. Uh, so they're on the run together. And we get to see Pod. And yeah, I see why that duo doesn't work out. Pod, Pod is much, much... I, it felt weird the entire season. Now that I see him with, like, Tyrion, I'm like, yeah, yeah that works. Yeah. I like them better. Yeah, no, they're, they're, a good, they're a good duo. And it's yeah. a bummer that Tyrion had to grow a beard and go across the sea. Yeah. I hope, like, at some point next season we see them, like, hey... Or wait, Pod's still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember where he's at right remember now. Remember in the Small Council episode of Season 7, he's hanging out with Braun, and Braun is just like, dude, let's go not deal with this shit. We're gonna go hang out and talk. Oh, yeah. Braun has nothing to do with it. He's just like, I just want to hang out with my buddy Pod, who has That's a fun. monster dick, <laughs> which is established in the show. That's amazing. A big old dick. <laughs> is that That should be a soundbite. Uh, oh, we have the wildling killing scene. Um, yeah, I think that's the first time we see Ollie in the show. Yeah, that is. That's my first introduction to Ollie. Ollie on the oxen free. Is it, d- does it now justify him killing John for helping the wildlings because the wildlings murdered his family? You know, I see his perspective. I, I see when uh, a human says, I'm going to eat your family. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in that gr- yeah, cannibalism. Okay, Are you I, hungry? Try cannibalism. I can now better understand, like better feel for it. Like I understood his position, but like better feel it, like really feel that. Um, so that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, that makes me want to re-listen to our episodes and see like what I was talking about because I think I was talking mad shit on Ollie. I was like, you're a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. <laughs> That's fair. You can have, I mean, I mean, like, every villain, every good villain believes that they're the hero of their own story. Exactly. That does not excuse them from being a piece of shit. No, but I think, I think I didn't see, like, I, it felt weak at first. Like, him being like, oh, they killed my parents. But, like, seeing how they killed it, totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Um, so, like, I more or less see his perspective. Um... Cool, then we jump over immediately to Jon Snow taking action and wanting to fight. Cool for him. Good for him. Uh, he's showing leadership skills. I like yeah. him leading from behind. I don't like well, him in a Why does John want to go off and fight? Um, I'll be honest, I kind of tuned that out. Okay. Sorry. What, what were you trying to lead to? I'm not going to tell you. I just, what were you trying to lead to? No, it just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's exposition, but whatever. That's okay. Um, cool. And then we go to Daenerys. Yeah, we go to Danny, uh, which was a lot of piss content in this episode. A lot of pee. Uh, Before we start this scene, I want to plug our uh, my sponsor. You have a sponsor. Yeah, I want to make us money. Um, Do you think about all the sponsors we have now and think about how much money we have? It's crazy. I am flush with cash. I just bought a Tesla. Oh my god! Not the thirty-five thousand dollar kind. No, the eighty-five thousand. Oh, I got the, I got the thirty-five, but I uh, got all the upgrades, uh, so it brings it right to about sixty-five. Ooh, yeah. nice! I wanted a little extra storage space, uh, and I thought that was really important, but I wasn't ready to go for the full-on. Uh, what was it? The Model Two. Yeah. Um. Anyway, this Tesla was not our sponsor. Um. But we'd be more than happy to accept their Elon money. Elon Musk hates the color yellow. 
I did not know that. Elon Musk apparently hates the color yellow. He hates the color yellow, man. Cool. Uh, so our sponsor this week is horses. Horses? Yeah, they uh, run. They run. Really fast. Yeah. Are they impervious to knives? Sadly, no. This so is if a you're bad looking, sponsor. If you're looking for a horse that's impervious... If you're looking for a horse that can take a knife to the face, I'm sorry... Those do not exist. We can't accept the money for horses yeah. because if they wanted us to come on the air and say, buy a horse, it's impervious to <laughs> knives, we can't because we have bona fide proof. Luckily, it's okay. Uh, our sponsors weren't looking for that. They were just more or less looking for awareness uh, to not throw knives at horses' faces, but to also buy a horse. I mean, horses are so fast, they named cars oh, yeah. after them. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, cool. So before we get into, so now we're jumping into Danny, uh, with a lot of pee content. Um, our dude shoots a shot, kills it. Absolutely kills it. It's hard to throw a knife. Yeah. It's hard. Not only throw a knife, but do it, cut off someone's head with charm. Never seen that. No, no, he cuts the guy's head off with a sword. (laughs) It's a sword. You just don't see it. It's, a, it's implied it's with a sword, but the more impressive thing is that he's able to throw a knife with such accuracy and force that it kills a horse yeah. instantly upon stabbing it in the eye. I know. That's hard. Yeah. And then, and then plans it to where they show up directly at his feet and winks and winks. This motherfucker winked. Before he did this, the amount of confidence, the amount of confidence. Yeah, it's I, a lot. My conf- the only thing I get confidence at is whenever I, as uh, whenever I'm at the grocery store and I know exactly what my check, my bill is gonna be, and I say the, and I say to the checkout lady, I'm like, it's gonna be twenty eight dollars, and it's twenty eight seventeen. That's I, that doesn't come close. Yeah. That doesn't come close to winking at the soon-to-be queen of the seven kingdoms. Who he is going to fuck. Yeah, like that's insane. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days you're gonna fuck the queen of the seven kingdoms. No, no. I'm pretty happy where I'm at right now. All right. Um. Let's see. So yeah, he does that. Uh, they throw those little freed chains, which I pres or uh. Which I presume is just them showing like proof that these yeah this is we, real. we we freed all these slaves yeah so if you let a, if you turn against your masters we'll free you too yeah which I love by the way um, it's very symbolic like it's good imagery yeah like nothing to because what's gonna motivate like your slaves to being like hey like we're also gonna tear down it's your like town. your life already sucks you're a slave like yeah you might die in the revolution but yeah. at least you died for some but like it's also proof of like this could happen whereas in before like if they just invaded like you're not really inspiring anyone yeah like you're just like i want to free you but also at the same time like you've shown no evidence of such you're killing me um so now to show like hey no this is the end goal like it gives her a lot of leeway um and a lot of boldness to kind of take marine um i like watching this i like watching her like kill it in life um really rooting for her so Glad to see, like, I like these seasons, less of yeah. season seven, where she, all It gets a lot more gets... complicated going backwards. Does it? The, the political aspect of it, at Yeah. Least. Yeah. Because I've been, like, I mean, season seven, like, the entire army she built up is just, like, gone. I, I, well, and also, it's just, like, everything, everyone else has had all of these different points, but Daenerys truly, she's had one goal the entire show. Exactly. 
raise an army, go to Westeros. And then she gets that in season seven. Yeah. And then it's a whole new thing for her. So she didn't, and she didn't adjust appropriately. And you learn from those things. You learn from those things. Um, what's, yeah, well, curious what we'll see next week. I don't know. Me too. Yeah, this was fun. This was. This was a good one. Yeah. All right, I've been Alex. I'm Colin. Uh, follow us on social media. Yeah. I've got not at Twitter or go to our website. I've so got usually nothing. Talk to com. us. We want to talk to you. Please, if you if please let us know about your input about ripping clothes. Um, if you ever feel the need to, or if you are on the side of Colin, of let me unbutton my shirt. Um, there's, there's no amount of sex that's so passionate that you can't take a minute to take proper care of your garments. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. See you all next week. Bye. Thank you.